Hey, you're listening to the Love Fiercely podcast. My name is Keila Craft Ambrose. This is a place to grow, be inspired, and to go deeper in the things of God. I hope you enjoy this episode. I'm so excited to be here with you again tonight. I've loved hanging out with you guys. I love your energy. Does anyone remember what we talked about last night? Stop it. Stop it. Okay, so if you haven't figured out yet, if this is your first time hearing me, hi, I'm Keela. Nice to meet all of you at once. And it's really great to be here. It's hot here. I'm from Texas. I said this last night, but it's also hot. So we're kind of like cousins. You know, we know what it's like to be in some heat. But tonight, we're going to be talking about power. So what I want you to do is I want you to turn to somebody around you and I want you to say, You've got the power. Guys, that sounded like you were sloths or like you were sleeping. I want you to turn to that person and act like you just got electrocuted and say, you've got the power. power. Some of you guys sold that. Some of you guys sold that. So, yeah. So tonight, tonight, as I'm speaking, I'm going to give you a couple things that you can say. Well, that's one of them. You can say, I've got the power because like the people around, yes. So you can do that because the truth is you do have the power. So hopefully they can get my time on the clock so I can follow my time. Uh, But I want to start off by telling you something. Maybe you guys have heard this or maybe you haven't, but I'm going to like tell you about it. It's kind of like a a saying that's been going on for a while. And maybe you've heard it before, but people say it. It's on shirts. It's everywhere. People say, not today, Satan. You guys heard that? Not today, Satan. That's another one you can say. Because tonight, I'm going to be talking to you about how the enemy wants you to think that you don't have power. Some of us use things like, you know, the devil's just been really trying to come after me as like kind of like a cop-out. And I want to kind of reveal to you tonight that you have power, that you're really powerful, okay? So in 1 Peter 5, 8, Maybe you know the scripture by heart. I don't know, but I'm going to read it to you. It says, be watchful. Everyone go like this. Be watchful. (laughs) Control yourselves. I don't know how you would do that, but just go. So we got, be watchful. Control yourselves. (laughs) It says, your enemy, the devil, is like a roaring lion. He prowls around looking for someone to swallow up. Stand up to him. Remain strong in what you believe. There's something I want to point out here. Maybe you've heard this. Maybe you've already realized it yourself. In this scripture, it says, your enemy, the devil, is like a roaring lion. We know who's referred to as the lion in the Bible. Can anyone tell me? Jesus. So it doesn't say that the enemy is a lion. It says he tries to be like a lion. You know, one of the greatest lessons I've learned in my life is that God is the creator and the enemy is the imitator. So he's always going to make something look like something that it's not. He's going to look like he's powerful, but he actually has none of the power unless you give it to him. So he comes like a lion, super loud. Okay, and we talked about that earlier today, about how the loudest voices aren't always the right ones. He comes around roaring like a lion, seeking whom he may devour or take out. And this says, remain strong in what you believe. Remaining strong in what you believe and knowing who your God is is how you stand up to the enemy. Because guess what? If you really know who your God is and Jesus is the lion of Judah, when someone comes around going, ah, you're like, calm down, little kitten. 
you are not the lion. It doesn't scare you, it doesn't freak you out. You don't think that you're powerless because you know who your God is. That's how you stand up to the enemy, is you understand he's gonna be loud, okay? Sometimes loud in your head, sometimes loud in your life, sometimes loud around you, but that doesn't mean, number one, that it's the truth, and it definitely doesn't mean that he's right or he's more powerful. So, there's a saying, like I said, that, that people say, and what, what is it? Not today, Satan. You guys got that one? Yeah. Not today, Satan, right? Okay, so sometimes we don't even realize this, but we give him permission in our life. We give him power in our life. And I wanna ask you, like, when did you give the enemy permission to mess with you? When did you give him the permission to speak to you that way? When did you give him permission in your life that you would be insecure or fearful or depressed or have anxiety? When did you give him permission for that? Because you are more powerful than his little roars in your life. You know, we have this power that's inside of us and it's called the power of God. And if you don't ever realize that, you're not gonna walk around powerful. You're gonna walk around like, oh, no way, what just happened? Oh, that's why the scripture in 1 Peter says, be watchful. Everyone hit it. Be watchful. I don't know why people do that to see things. Maybe because the sun's in their eyes. I don't know, but it's like visor. I don't know. So be watchful. Control yourselves. Why would you need to be watchful? Because if you don't see things the right way, you might think that the enemy and his tactics are like a lion. You might think that they're more powerful. You might miss it and think that you don't have the power. And then it says, control yourselves, why? Because if you freak out, you're not gonna be able to see God working. If you lose it, you're not gonna be able to use the power that God's given you, and you're gonna give the enemy access. You're gonna give him power in your life that you might not even mean to. You know, in Genesis three, we see this conversation that the enemy has with Adam and Eve. Does anyone not know who Adam and Eve is? Okay, good, great. They were the first people ever, okay? And the enemy is having this conversation with them. And you might not even realize it, sometimes I don't, but the enemy's trying to have some conversations with you. He is. And guess what the number one tactic and the strategy that he's gonna use with you? He's gonna try to get you to question what God says. He's gonna try to get you to question who you are. Guess what he said to Adam and Eve over and over in the garden? He said, did God really say? So whenever I told you throughout this conference that God says that you're loved and you're accepted and you're powerful and he has great things for you. Guess what he's gonna do? He's gonna go, did God really say that? Oh, that doesn't apply to you. That only applied to your friend. No, you have the power. You personally have individual power from God to access and use in your life. So I wanna give you this, this scenario, okay? Maybe you've seen a battle in movies. Maybe you've like, had a little fake battle with your friends, I don't know. But imagine you're headed into battle, okay? Imagine you're headed into battle. The odds are against you. Let's just say you've got three of your friends and there's 300 people against you. That's a pretty big deficit there. So imagine you're going into battle and all of a sudden you're about to go into battle and someone goes, hey, I have this note for you. <laughs> you're like, okay. So you open up the note and you realize that it has the names of all your enemies, it has all their positions of weakness, it has a map that shows you how to succeed, my question is, what would you do with that note? What would you do with the map? What would you do with that information? Would you use it? 
I think I would use it. But a lot of times we're not using the strategies that we've been given in the word of God. We're not even applying the word of God. And it sits there and it tells us how to defeat the enemy. It tells us how to use the power that God's given us and we don't use it. Why do we do that? Why do we go through our day and we think, well, you know, depression's really real. Anxiety's really real. Sickness is really real. Guess what? It's not more real than the power of God. It's not bigger than the power of God. The only way it's gonna be bigger is if you make it bigger. The only way it's gonna be bigger is if you exalt that and you lift that up and you believe in that more than you believe in the power of God. What you believe in will help you win or lose. If you take that note that you've been given going into battle and you go, I don't believe this, and you just kind of like throw it to the side, well, good job with your three people. I hope it works out. <laughs> like God just gave you some insight on how to win. This conference, you've been given insight on how to win. You've been given encouragement. You've been given direction. You've been given love. And guess what? You don't have to go back to your house the same. You don't have to go back to your friend group the same. You don't have to go back to school the same. We don't want to talk about school right now, but you know what I mean. Because all of us want summer to last forever, right? Yeah, yeah parents are like, go back to school. Um, <laughs> but God's given us a way to win. We've got to use it, guys. Sometimes we think that scripture is like this weird, abstract thing. And I love reading it. And I love telling you scripture because there's power in it. The enemy can't do anything about it. So I asked you guys this earlier today, but whoever you submit to in life is really gonna be what has the power in your life. So if you're submitted to your own way, I have some news, that's not God's way. So whose way do you think that aligns with? Not God's. Somebody's, you're submitting to somebody. Okay, and if it's not God, you should really think about that. So, you know, I think it's funny because a lot of times we give the devil a lot more credit than he ever should have. Like, we just do. We're like, oh, I've just been having a hard day, you know. The enemy's just been really coming after me and my family. We give him all this credit, but the enemy, he cannot make you do one thing. He has no power over you. No power, unless you give it to him. So what we have to understand in our life is that if we're feeling ruled, if we're feeling pushed, if we're feeling this heaviness, we have to realize somewhere we've let him have the authority. We don't even realize it. I don't even realize when it happens sometimes. And I have to go, oh, whoa. And I'll tell you about a scenario in my life in a second where I kind of like woke up to it. But I think when we don't understand how powerful we are, we exchange all that God has for us for what we want right now. Like, we want something right now, and we're going to go get it, and we're going to take it. And guess what? It's cool. Sometimes God gives you things right now, but he has his own timing. And if it's going to make you feel good or if it's going to make you be like, that's exactly what I wanted, that's very rare that it's God. Sometimes it is, and it's like, hey, but a lot of times you're going to have to wait. Nothing that's worth having ever comes easy. I promise you that. It's gonna, it's gonna cost you something to have a great life. It's gonna cost you something to be a great person. It's gonna cost you something to be able to be used by God. And guess what that cost is? Laying down what you want right now. Laying down your way, which actually doesn't sound that cool sometimes. So I was reading the scripture 
a while ago, and I'm going to tell you it. I don't know if anyone else would tell you it, but I'm going to tell you it because it kind of blew my mind. In John 8, 42 through 47, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'm going to kind of skip around and tell you about it. So it says, Jesus said to them, he was talking to his people, okay? He said, if God were your father, you would love me. I have come here from God. I have not come on my own. God sent me here. Why aren't my words clear to you? Because you can't really hear what I say. You belong to your father, the devil. You want to obey your father's wishes. From the, be- from the beginning, the devil was a murderer. He was never, he's never obeyed the truth. There is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his natural language, lies. He does this because he's a liar. He's the father of lies. And then it skips down to say, the reason that you don't hear me is because you don't belong to God. Okay, so the devil is a born liar. He's the father of lies. He has minions. And he replicates his lies and liars. I don't know if I ever really realized this when I was y'all's age, but I think it's really important to understand. If you won't let God use you, the enemy will use you because he has a plan for your life just like God does. And it says in the Bible over and over again that you are God's children. But if you're not acting like God's children, you're someone else's child. And you're reflecting that father. Kids start to look like and sound like their parents. Who's your life representing? That's, does that freak anybody else out? That kind of freaks me out. Like, I'm like, oh, no, no, the enemy is not my father. Guess what? When I have a bad attitude, that's not God. Who am I replicating? Who am I representing? Not God. Whenever I gossip, that's not God. Whenever I get angry and I'm out of control, that's not God. So I have to realize in my life, when I'm acting not like my father, I'm acting like my stepdaddy, who's not a good father, who's trying to step in and lead me in the wrong direction. Stepfathers aren't bad. I'm just calling the devil that for right now, okay? Because he's not your real dad. Some stepfathers are wonderful. But, so I want to tell you about something that happened with me. So a couple years ago, I was going through something. I had been married. My husband left, had an affair. I was going through this situation where I was dealing with anxiety and panic attacks. I had never experienced this before. I don't know if any of you have ever dealt with anxiety or panic attacks, but to be completely honest, I had been stressed, but I'd never felt out of control, if that makes sense. I never felt like I didn't have control. And I was having this cyclical thinking, which basically just means like it was going around and around and around. So it would start off and I'd be like, this is my life. And I'm like trying to calm myself down and be like, this is my life. It's okay. And then it would kind of ramp up and be like, this is my life. This is my, this is my life. And I couldn't get a hold of myself. And I talked to one of my friends who's also a pastor and he really helped me. I said, how do I stop this thinking? How do I stop this in its tracks? How do I win? in this moment where I feel like I don't have control. I don't want the enemy to have authority in my life. And I bet you a lot of you guys don't either. We don't realize it sometimes. We just feel out of control and we don't know how to stop it. So my friend, he told me, he said, well, you know, fear is the strongest neural pathway in your brain. This guy is like a brain doctor, just so you know. He's also a pastor and he's a brain doctor. He's crazy smart. He's like, your your brain, the strongest neural pathway is fear. And the only way to change that is to override it with a new neural pathway. If you don't know what a neural pathway is, I'll explain it to you this way. It's like, you know, you're driving in a car or you're walking down the street and you're supposed to turn right and you miss your turn and it was a certain way and then you got to go this way. A neural pathway is basically like a path you take, okay? So like fear is like that turn that you took that you didn't mean to take and you're like, where am I? 
am I? And they just keep, you keep going the wrong way. That's like the fear neural pathway. You hanging with me on this? Yeah. Okay. So the only way to change that is to override it with an even stronger neural pathway. Well, what's stronger than fear? Because I didn't even know I was feeling fear. I thought I was like chilling, calm myself down. I was trying to pursue God, trying to do the right thing. And he told me this, and I'm going to be honest and tell you what I said back to him. He said, the only stronger neural pathway than fear is gratitude. And I told him, that sounds really dumb. How, did, how, is, how is gratitude stronger than fear in my brain? Like, I don't feel like it's stronger. Like, I'm like, thanks. Like, I don't, when I'm having a panic attack, I'm not like thinking, thanks is gonna get me out of it, right? So he's like, well, just try it. Just try it. Because what happens in your brain is it's like a train track. You know, you pull the lever and it switches over. He's like, you do it long enough and you'll find out you start having more control. And so one of the things I've realized in the Bible is in James 4, 7 through 8, it says, obey God, stand up to the devil, and he will run away from you. Okay, that sounds pretty simple, right? Obey God, stand up to the devil, and he will run away from you. We have to tell the devil no. So I want you to do this with me because maybe you've never done it before. As loud as you can, I want you to yell out no on the count of three. Okay? You can think about something in your life that you don't like. You can think about something in your life that's been happening that you don't like. And I want you to focus all that energy right now on this no. Because we're about to tell this little kitty cat trying to be a lion to sit down. Okay? So on the count of three, I'm going to say no really loud. One, two, three. No! That's right. That was good. So you have the power to tell the enemy no. Sometimes uh, that looks like saying no to ourselves first, just so you know. Sometimes we'd be like, no. I had this intern one time that was in our college, and every time she was doing something wrong, she would go, stop it. <laughs> no lie. I forgot to tell that story last night. She would go, stop it. Stop. Stop. Sometimes we need to do that to ourselves. Like we're about to have a bad tequila, you, you know. Like how are you gonna tell the enemy no when you can't even tell yourself no? Sometimes we need to start here, right? I wanna see some of you guys doing that. Be like, no. You know the enemy, he's intimidated by you. That sounds crazy. He's intimidated by your intimacy with God because he doesn't have it anymore. He used to be in heaven called Lucifer. He was the light bringer. He was the worshiper. He doesn't have that power anymore. He doesn't have that intimacy. He, you have more power than he ever had through Jesus. And he is intimidated by that. And he knows what's next. So he's gonna try to get you to stop from succeeding. He's gonna try to get you to stop from winning. He's gonna try to get you so insecure, so focused on yourself, so distracted that you don't even realize what's happening in your life. And you know, in John 10, 10, we see Satan's plan and we see God's plan. So in the first part, it says that, that the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That's his plan. That's a really hard thing to say when you're Southern. To steal, because I'm gonna say steal, kill, destroy. Like, that's how I want to say it, naturally. See, okay, <laughs> yeah. But then on the other side of John 10, 10, we see God's plan for your life. It says, I came to give you life. So while the enemy plans to steal, to kill, to destroy, 
God has given us life. Not just like life, which we talked about last night. Remember everybody? Give yourself a breath. Oh, come on. Yeah, breathe it in. You didn't pay anything for that. That's a gift from God. The enemy wants to take that away. That's his ultimate plan. And if you stop understanding the power that God's given you, guess what? He wins. Do you know in Luke 10, it says, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. It's not all about the power that we've been given, but it's about who gives us the power. So right here we have a promise. I have given you authority. You don't have to like puff your chest out and be like, what up? Mm, yeah, back off. Like when people do that, they get in the wrong mindset. It's all about because of who God is, you have the power to stand up against the enemy. And I don't have time to get into all my stories, but I'll just tell you this. There was a time in my life where the enemy was trying to mess with me. I was in college, he was trying to mess with me. I was like believing for something with one of my friends. And I literally had such a boldness because I was learning who I was in God that I was standing in my dorm room and I out loud, probably freaked some people out. I went, how dare you? And I was like, oh, that was a little intense. But I was like, you don't have any authority in my life in this room. You need to leave in Jesus' name. And some of us, for real, like, you know what happens? You know what happens? We have these thoughts inside like, well, well, Pastor Keith said that I had the power. I told you guys this last night. Only God knows what goes on in here and in here. The enemy knows what you speak and what you act out. So if you never act out the word of God, if you never act out what you believe, guess what? He's not gonna think you know who you are. You've gotta be able to stand up and know what God says about you. You gotta be able to stand up and know that you're chosen, know that you're loved, know that you're accepted. So when the lies come in, an alarm goes off and you go, bing, that's a lie. There should be a flag that goes off in your brain when you hear that because you already know what God says about you. You already know the truth. You know, the Bible says you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. You gotta know the right truth. Otherwise, you're gonna stay bound. You're gonna stay unfreed. I don't think that's a word, but it just sounded cool for me in my brain. So, you know that the enemy doesn't actually care if you come to church. He doesn't care if you call yourself a Christian. A lot of people call themselves Christian, and a lot of people don't live with the authority God's given them. A lot of people in this room may not even understand the significance of what's being said right now and are more focused on social media or texting their friends. But guess what I know? God's gonna speak to you. He's gonna download something inside of you tonight. And my hope for you is that you leave this room stronger. You leave this room understanding the power that you have, not cowering to the meows of the enemy who tries to be like a lion, but understanding you've got a God that not only backs you, like I told you last night, he's already gone before you and won. So all you've gotta do is like, I mean, imagine you win a war and you're marching into the town. You're like, yeah, we're the, we're the freaking champions. Like, that's how you get to walk through your life. Even when you don't see the war already being won, you can walk with the confidence of knowing he's already done it. So when you're someone in your family gets the cancer diagnosis, which is probably the worst thing you can hear, right? You can know, my God's already paid the price for that. The doctors may have a diagnosis, but I have a God, and no matter how it ends up, we still win. We still win. 
That friend leaves your life. Guess what? God made a lot of people. And I'm pretty sure if they needed, to, or if they left, they needed to go because they couldn't go to the next level where God was taking you. Have you ever thought about that? Like a friend leaves your life, someone leaves your life. We see it as like, oh, they don't like me. Maybe God went, you're too good. Let me bring somebody else. I've had that happen in my life. But guess what the enemy wants you to think? He wants you to think, yeah, nobody likes you anyways. And God's like, uh, no, I've just set them apart. Yeah. <laughs> so I wanna, I wanna tell you something in this Luke scripture where it says, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions. This is like super deep. You guys hang with me for a second, okay? Because it's important. There's two kinds of authority mentioned in the Greek here, okay? I like the etymology of words. I like the background of words. I love looking into this stuff. So I'm gonna tell you because I think it's important. Sometimes we can lose it when it translates into English, okay? So in the Greek, it talked about, in the first one, it was authority, which was a mental power. And the second authority that's mentioned is a physical power. So God's not only gonna give you mental power to be able to withstand, he's gonna give you physical power. So you're not going in just going, well, I just hope it works out. He can strengthen your body. He can strengthen your mind. So no matter what comes at you, whether it's in here, your thoughts, what you're, what you're dealing with, what you're hearing, or whether it's in your physical body, God's given you authority to trample over that, to step over that. You don't have to go, oh, it's a snake. Side note, when I was 12, I cut off the head of a six foot rattlesnake. I'm gonna be honest. I did not know what kind of snake it was necessarily. <laughs> like at that point, I've been watching too much Crocodile Hunter. That's true. And I just stepped on its head and I just cut it off with my buck knife. I lived in the country, that's why I had one of those, okay? Don't mess with knives. But I literally laid it across my mom's gazebo. I don't know if anyone still has gazebos. But she got home and I was like, Mom, look, I killed a snake. She was like, what in the world? I think sometimes some of us that haven't gone through as much life of others, we can have the boldness and we can walk in more authority because we don't have all the junk stuck in our mind of what we've been through. Of like, well, that time it didn't work out. Well, that time I wasn't sure. No, you can just walk into something and be like, I have the authority. Die, snake. Like for me now, if I saw a rattlesnake, I'd be like, heck no. Like, oh no. I hear the rattle and I'm going the other way. But guess what? The truth is, is that we have power. You gotta be smart but you have authority and you have power. Don't let, just because you've lived a little bit more life, the enemy mess with you because of those memories, because of what you've walked through, because of what's been confirmed in your own mind of what the enemy's been trying to feed you. The enemy will attack your identity. Have you ever had thoughts like, why is this happening? Why is my life like this? Are things ever gonna get better? Have you guys ever thought that? Those were just some of my thoughts. Anyone else? Yeah, yeah, okay, I have. Well, for me, the thing that I've realized is it's the little choices that I make every day that lead to big wins. And it's also the little choices I make every day that can lead to big mess-ups. So if you let the enemy mess with you because you didn't get a lot of likes on a post, I bet you he's gonna mess with you a lot bigger later. You can't let him win little because then he's gonna end up winning big in your life. If you start making little smart choices, you're gonna find you're way further than the people that were around you. You're way more blessed, you're way more advanced, you're way more ahead, you have way more wisdom because you started small. We don't have to figure it all out right now. 
Like, you don't have to have all the answers. Guess what? I'm going to tell you my age. Don't judge me. I'm 30. Okay? Stop it. Yes, stop it. Um, But for me, I think one of the things that I've found the longer I've been alive is I don't want little things to trip me up. And if I can have these little wins every day, I've realized that I'm actually way further ahead than I thought. Like I'm way more advanced than what I even thought. So I'm not like, an, I'm not gonna let the enemy have a Monday. Like I don't know why people hate Mondays. I mean, probably because they have to go back to work and stuff, but like why hate any day? Why get out of bed any day upset? Why let the enemy win for one second? You know, whenever like people have left my life, I've made a decision, whether it was friends, whether it was people that I was like married to, whatever it was, if they've left my life and I've been upset about it, I went, you know what? God, you're gonna have to work all this stuff out, but I'm not gonna let you have one day, devil. Not one day. Because my breath, my life has been given as a gift from God. I'm not gonna give it back to you, enemy. I'm not gonna let you have my bad attitude and glorify you. I'm not gonna let you have this insecurity and it glorifies you. Have you guys ever heard of love languages? Yeah? So it's just like the way that you feel loved, right? Like some people feel loved by you spend time with them. Anybody out there like that? You like people spending time with you? Some people like words. They like expression. Anyone else like that? Some people like gifts. Some people like uh, when you do things for them, like acts of service. There's different things like that, right? We like those things. I believe that God's love language is honor. I do. And I believe that the enemy's love language is negativity. Who have you been loving on lately? That's a, that's a big deal, guys. Like, who are you feeding? You know, we hear about the, the two little, you know, you got the angel and the devil on the shoulders. Think about that. When you're in a situation, you don't really actually have that. Just so you know, it's just a cartoon thing. But like, imagine, if you're being negative, you're not making God feel very loved. You're definitely not giving him any power in your life. But if you're being positive, guess what God's doing? He's going, they get it. They get it. And the enemy can't do anything about it. He could try to come in and be like, that's all he's got. That takes one punt. And he's gone. Right? Like if a lion comes at you, you're not going to be like, shoo, lion. Right? Like, but if you shouldn't hurt animals, but if an animal comes towards you, it's like a little kitten, you could be like, I sometimes hiss at cats to get them to go away. It works. <laughs> it really does work, okay? So, yeah. So I want to tell you something because does anyone ever wonder, like, why was the fruit in the garden such a big deal? I've wondered that. I'm like, should I boycott apples? I don't even know if it was an apple, but that's what I imagine. But like, I'm like, why was the fruit such a big deal? Like, why do we talk about this, the fall of men and the fruit? Like, could have, someone just hit it out of their hand or something? I don't know. But the thing that happened in the Bible early on with Adam and Eve is that they gave away their power. They gave away the authority that they had, and they fell prey to the thoughts and suggestions and intentions of the enemy. They believed the lie of, did God really say? Then guess what they started doing? They started going, is that what he said? Is that what he said? You know, something you might not know is that God actually told Adam directly, then Adam told Eve. Eve's the one that took the bite of the apple. 
it's not a gender thing of an issue here right now. I think what happened is that she didn't have that direct connection where she talked to God about herself. A lot of us are living our life as a believer through our parents or through our friends. And we don't have that direct connection. So guess what? When the enemy lies to you, you get more confused because you didn't hear it for yourself. You didn't experience it for yourself. God wants you to experience his love for yourself. He wants you to experience his power for yourself. Not just hear it from me, not just hear it from someone else and be like, oh, I hope I, I, hope I see that one day. No, he wants you to experience it. So when the enemy tries to lie to you, guess what? You're like, I don't even hear, what is that? Like, ew. Sometimes I think we get frustrated because like God doesn't do what we want. I have some news for you. He's not like the genie in Aladdin. Will Smith, yeah, he did, he did good with all the dancings. But, <laughs> that's my version of his dance. But, I shouldn't have been to the dance game, didn't do it, okay? But um, we, we get upset with God because he doesn't do what we want in the moment. We're like, God, I don't believe in you because you didn't give me that dog I asked for for Christmas. We make stuff so small and God has something so big. Have you guys ever seen that picture where this little girl's holding a teddy bear? Have you seen that one? And Jesus is kneeling down. He's like, give me your teddy bear. And she's like, no, I love this teddy bear. And behind his arms, which I don't know how she can't see it, is a huge freaking teddy bear. You ever seen those in the store? You're like, how, where does anyone put that teddy bear? Is it their bed? Like, do they just convert their room to a teddy bear bed? I don't know. That's how it is with God. We get disappointed because this little tiny thing, and he's like, you don't even understand how big my plans are. You don't even understand how much I have for you. And while God may not always live up to your expectations, he will always live up to his word, always. He is always faithful. He will always come through. There's not one time in my life, not one time, and I'm being legit honest right now, not one time has he not turned something around and made it better. Not one time. Some things in my life right now are still in process, but guess what? I know his character because I've seen him work in my life. When you know God's character and you've seen him work in your life, when the enemy's like, God doesn't love you, you're like, what? Yes, he does. Uh, hello. Do you not know he made me in my mother's womb and he knew me and he knows all my hairs and he even collects my tears? That's actually all in the Bible, just so you know. Even if you don't have hair in here, he knows your follicles, so... <laughs> so, you know, Philippians 2.13 says, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Okay. You guys ever feel like not doing what you know you should do? I feel that way all the time. All the time. I don't know what that is in me. Like I said this the other day, but like someone tells me, hey, you should do this. I'm like, I'm doing the exact opposite. Like that's like what I, it's like my natural choice. I'm like, mm, which, <laughs> this was actually funny. Whenever we went to the restaurant last night, uh, Pastor Bradley got to see this in action. <laughs> I'm like, hey, what do you think I should get? Went through three different options with the waiter. And I was like, I'm not gonna get any of that. <laughs> it's a real thing that happens in my life. But what's so cool about this scripture is that it says God is working in you. He can give you the desire and the power to do what you need to do. So guess what? When you don't feel like obeying your parents, which I already told you is the only command that comes with a promise, long life, if you wanna live long, honor your parents, okay? If you don't feel like doing it, you can go, God help me, God help me. Like whenever I don't have a good attitude, 
I need to have a good attitude because I'm like a leader and stuff. I'm like, get it together, Kila. God, help me right now. And I just like, yeah, God, work on my heart. Like some of us just need to not fake it till we make it. Faith it. Like, go, God, I believe you're going to help me have a good attitude. God, I believe that you're going to help me not be insecure. God, I believe that you're going to heal me. God, I believe you're going to do this. And guess what? He's going to give you the desire and the power to make it happen. You know, God knows what you struggle with. Like, you're trying to hide it from him, but he's like, I already know. I'm God. Like, I know everything. And some of you guys, I told you this story this morning, but the way that hunters catch monkeys is they cut a little tiny hole in a melon, okay, inside of a cage, and they attach the little melon inside of the cage. The monkey sticks his hand in it, and he tries to grab the fruits inside and all the seeds, and the hunters come. They don't have to trap him. The monkey just won't let go of the fruit. God knows what you're holding on to. He knows what you're struggling with, and guess what? He wants to help you not just be limited. He wants you to be unlimited and powerful whenever you get in alignment with him and you can let go of your way. It doesn't have to be your way. You know, you guys had this theme during this conference and it's one of my favorite things about God. In 2 Corinthians 12, 9, it says, my power is perfect in your weakness. Perfect. So guess what? If you're dealing with something today or you've been going through something, maybe you're frustrated, maybe it's not even a big deal, but you've been going through something and you're weak, Like, I've got some weakness. Does anyone else in here have, like, some areas that aren't, like, awesome? Okay. You are the perfect candidate for God to be made strong in your life. He doesn't look at your weakness and go, uh, my child, uh, get it together. He goes, great, this is my time to show up. Let me in. He is powerful when you realize, I don't have it all together. He's powerful when you realize, I don't have to have all the answers. He's powerful when you realize, God, you made me, you know me. Some of us are so fearful of our dreams not coming true, we think we have to force our way into our dreams. God's the one that put the dream there. Guess what happens when you give that dream back to him and you don't try to control it? He multiplies it. He makes it greater than you ever thought it could be. So whenever we're going through our life and the enemy tries to come and he tries to make us Think, did God really say? Did God really say you're loved? We need to just stand up and be like, number one, I've got the power. Number two, not today, Satan. And number three, bye. That's what we need to do. Because a lot of times we're missing out and the enemy doesn't have to steal, kill, and destroy. My country accent. Because if he can distract you, he doesn't have to destroy you. He distracts you with your friends. He distracts you with your own self and what you're not and what you don't like. And he distracts you with your family drama and your parents. Maybe you're divorced and maybe there's stuff going on at home. Maybe your, your friends at school don't treat you right and you're trying to act like you're strong and you're brave and you're tough. And the enemy's trying to get at you, but the enemy wants you to stay hurt. Because if he can get you hurt and you're full of hurt, that's what you're gonna be led by. If you're full of anger, that's what you're gonna be led by. He doesn't even have to mess with you. So I wanna leave you with this last scripture and then I wanna pray with you and I want us to just sing this part of this song. In James 4, 7, you've heard it multiple times in this this message now. It says, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you.
The key in the scripture is not resisting. It's obeying. When you can obey God and submit to God, the enemy has no power in your life. So if right now you feel like you're being messed with, right now if you feel like you're, you're being discouraged, look at where you're not being obedient. Because if you're obedient, you don't even have to figure it out, honestly. You can just say, God, I don't know what's going on, but I just wanna obey you. He can help you out. The devil has to flee when you're submitted to God because you have power. You're a child of God, you have power. Thank you for listening to the Love Fiercely podcast. I would love for you to subscribe to personally receive weekly encouragement. Also, check out my blog at keelacraftambrose.com for monthly content. Don't forget to follow me on Facebook and Instagram at keelacraftambrose.com.